Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 126 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Last week, I brought you an impromptu coaching call for episode 125. And this week, I'm sharing a different version of the podcast. I guess we can call it the Shopkeeper Guest Interviews. So I had an idea to do this because I have so many group members who have experiences and knowledge of their own that they can and want to share with you. This is going to be experiences and knowledge that maybe I don't have. I'm not sure how often these episodes will get published, and it's not really part of a series, so you're not going to hear these back-to-back like the Shopkeeper Story series, but I do plan on sprinkling these in between my regular solo episodes. This week, I'm kicking this type of podcast episode off with Danny and Tim Martin. Danny and Tim own a vendor store, a vendor type store with over 100 vendors, which is incredible. And they own a home decor store that's located in their vendor store. Really unique business model. Danny is a longtime Savvy Shopkeeper community member and currently a Master Shopkeepers member. And Danny and Tim have worked together in their businesses for over 10 years, I think. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's it's been over 10 years. So needless to say, they have experience working as a couple. If you don't work with your spouse, I still recommend listening to this episode. Even if you're a solo shopkeeper or you have a business partner or you partner with other businesses, maybe for one-off projects, I genuinely think everyone will still learn something from this episode because Danny and Tim share some of the things that they do that have created the successful businesses that they have now. They are a wealth of wisdom and you will want to listen. They are the epitome of bossing up. So here's my interview with Danny and Tim. At the end of the episode, they share how you can learn more about them and follow them on social media, so be sure to listen then. But I also want to make sure that I mention that Danny recently launched a new YouTube channel. So if you love furniture painting, I highly recommend following Danny on YouTube. The name of her YouTube channel is Furniture Painting with High Cotton Decor, and we will have this linked in the show notes. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. If you want to be a guest on this podcast and do something similar, if you have an idea for a podcast episode or you have some helpful tips for other shopkeepers and you think you can provide value in an episode, please use the contact form on my website to reach out. If I get enough of a response, maybe I'll add the application to my website. But right now I'm asking group members to do this, and I'm really happy that Danny and Tim are the first to volunteer to be part of a guest episode, and I have a couple others lined up. 
So here's episode 126, how to work with your spouse and stay married with Tim and Danny Martin, owners of the Cotton Shed Vintage Market and High Cotton Decor in Bryant, Arkansas. Okay, so today I'd like to welcome Danny and Tim Martin. Uh, Danny has been, man, were you part of the free group and then the lab and then Master Shopkeeper? Yes. Okay. So Danny has been part of the Savvy Shopkeeper journey, really probably from the beginning. Close to it. Yeah. And along the way, she's moved from group to group. She's a Master Shopkeepers now. And even before, I want to make sure I give you credit because you really step up in the groups. Even before you were a Master Shopkeepers member, you volunteered to come in and speak and you taught a class about managing people. And I really appreciated it. And I want to make sure that I mention that because I love what the group members do in our community. And then Danny and Tim were both at the 2021 Savvy Shopkeeper Retreat. They'll be at the 2022 Savvy Shopkeeper Retreat. So I'm so happy you two are coming back. So before we get started on this episode and the topic, which I'm really excited about because I think it applies to both non-spouses, spouses, life partners, business partners. I think a lot of what you're going to share is going to be helpful for partnerships in general. But why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your stores because you have two businesses. Actually, are you leaning into like maybe three or is it still two? Still two. We're always looking though. We're always looking. (laughs) I love that Tim said he's always looking. (laughs) All right. Tell me a little bit about you guys so our listeners can get to know you. Sure. You go first. I'll go first. Okay. So we bought an existing antique mall about, well, almost five and a half years ago. And we have been working in that business together for a little bit over four years. At first, the plan was when we bought it was for me to run the business and for him to continue in his his other full-time career. But about a year and a half into it, he stepped into a into a more active role and is very involved uh, now in the day-to-day operations. And then we also have a decor and gift boutique. It's actually within our vintage market, but we operate it as a semi-separate business with you know separate uh, media platforms. And, and all that, but I'll let Tim talk a little bit about his role. Let's, let's talk about me. Talk about you. <laughs> I came in probably, like I said, about four years ago. We've had it for five years now. And uh, I kind of took over the uh, the vendor part of it, dealing with the vendors, uh, renting booths, logistical part, I call it. I'm really good with logistics, planning things out, things like that. She's really good with all the behind the scenes brains part. So <laughs> uh, my role is just basically to uh, help the vendors find the booth. We have a three-step process to make that happen. And then uh, all the systems we have in place, all the procedures, everything is sweet wife. Danny does all that for me. I just fill in the blanks. So <laughs> I'm not near as good as I looked on uh, the, in the public because she, she does all the hard work. Wow. It's, a, it's definitely, we've definitely figured out kind of our strengths and our weaknesses. So we, have, we each have our lane. We stay in our lane. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that in the seven yes. tips. So the title of this episode, I love I love when you fill out the application to come on here that you titled it how to work with your spouse. And it was like a dot, dot, dot and stay married. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the key, right? You can work with them, but how do you stay married to them? Yes. We've we've got some stories. We we (laughs) have some stories. We won't tell all of them today, but 
Yeah. When we, I mean, when we first started uh, working together on a day-to-day basis, it was, it was definitely uh, bumpy. We made a lot of mistakes. There was a lot of, a lot of tears on my end (laughs) and uh, we learned, we learned a lot. So hopefully some of what we learned, we can share and help other people maybe do better than we did. We've always been the kind of couple that we do things together all the time. So we, and we do all kinds of stuff, so recreational things, fun things, travel. And we're always, we're not the kind of couple where she goes her ways and I go mine. We're always together. So uh, that, I think that helped us to merge into doing this together. Yes. Yeah. But as a couple, even if you do things together, you still have to have boundaries. And that's why you say staying in your lanes is probably important too, because that's a form of a boundary. And I'm really glad that you're both sharing this with other people who are trying to navigate this. And like I said earlier, I think a lot of what you're going to share will apply to a lot of partnerships, not just spousal relationships, working business relationships. So let's start with the first tip. What's your first tip for everyone? So our first tip is to over-communicate and then communicate even more. Communicate more. (laughs) So really what we have learned is you cannot communicate too much. And this is something that we, uh, this is really kind of the foundation for everything else that we're going to talk about. And it's something that we really emphasize with our staff too, is if you think that you are over communicating, you probably are just starting to approach communicating enough. Um, It's just something that we're not, it's not something that we're taught. So, you know, growing up and We all just assume that people learn it, but really it it is something that we have a skill that we have developed and we really try to work with our staff. So we really make it a priority, even though we're working in very different parts of the business on a day-to-day basis, we really try to keep each other updated on, on what's going on. So we share an office most days that that's helpful. Don't, don't look at my desk. <laughs> Her desk is nice. <laughs> Some days it's, it, we feel like we're stepping on each other a little bit, but being in the same space helps us to keep each other updated on, you know, hey, this is what I'm working on and this is what he's working on. And um, even on days when we aren't both here, because there are days when I take off and he's here or he'll take off a day and I'll be here. We're not always here together every single day. We still really try to keep each other updated. We are in constant text communication. I mean, we probably text each other 30 or 40 times a day. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. And then we debrief each other at the end of the day. At the beginning of the day, we always start with a conversation of, you know, what's on your schedule today? What's on your calendar? So we kind of review the day. So each of us knows this is where I'm heading. This is what I've got going on. And we, there's no like misunderstanding about why well, I thought you were going to help me with this. We, we try to start off the day with a clear understanding of what each of us is working on that day. Well, in our calendars, calendars are color coordinated on what's priority, what, what she's going to do, what I'm going to do. So of course we both share each other's calendar. So that really helps us to get up in the morning. Here's what's going to happen today. We kind of talked about it for a minute. Here's where I'm going to be. Here's where you're going to be. So we, we put a lot of information on the calendar. So we know yes. where we're going to be during the day. We actually have four calendars that all sync. So he has his personal calendar. I have my personal calendar. We have a home calendar, which is for like personal family stuff. And then we have a store calendar for things, you know, events going on at the store. And then all of those calendars um, show up on the same, you know, we, I think we use Google calendar. And so they're all on there. So we can all 
both of us can see what each of us has going on at all times. Yeah. You know, you're really speaking important. my calendar language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colors. Yeah. This is all a learned process for me because she's done that her entire career. I'm, I'm the fly by say your pants kind of guy. So I've had to learn how to operate more to the standard of, you know, again, communicating, but because I worked for myself for 30 something years. So it's just me and, you know, one other person normally, but, and that person just did whatever I said, but when you're working with your spouse, you have to very, like I said, very much over communicate. And then, uh, and then we still forget to tell each other some things, you know, still forget things. For yeah. sure. And a shared calendar, it really can be magic, especially when you're working on so much home life, family, biz, all of yeah. it. It can really do wonders and keep people organized. And it could like, it could actually spare you a lot of back and forth communication of whether you you're communicating with someone through email or text messages you can just look at the calendar and get some of your questions answered and you don't have to go back and forth so much. Just to put this into perspective so people also realize the size of your business, can you tell everyone how big the actual building is and how many vendors you have? Because even though you share an office and you might be in the building, the building is big. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, 32,000 square feet. We actually think it's closer to 35,000 square feet um, when we've done some measurements, but but we advertise 30,000 square 32,000 square feet. We have about 200 vendors and we have a staff of 15. I always have to think about it. We're settling about three and a half acres and most of that's either the building or the parking lot. And we, we have our special events. We actually run out of parking. So we have to overflow into the neighbor's parking spot. So it's, it's a big facility. And of course it's around the interstate, which is also very helpful, but uh, in the back of the property, we have three or four big storage bays. We put our overflow merchandise into. So, uh, so with a lot of, a lot of space. Yeah. So even, I, I guess I'm just trying to convey to the, to the listeners that even if you're there together, you may not be in the same actual space together. You may not see each other for hours, depending on what you're doing. So let's yeah. move on. Very true. Let's move on to number two. What's your number two tip? So number two is um, create your goals, mission, and vision together. So what, what, what we have learned is we're equal partners in this. So I know some people might be set up where maybe one is considered more senior or more in charge, but we really view this as an equal partnership. So because of that, we've learned it's super important for us to be in agreement about where we're going and how we're going to get there. So for us, what that looks like is we have a lot of just brainstorming kind of free flow conversations. Usually we try to do this when we're like road tripping somewhere or like we, we, a lot of our vacations are places that we drive to, and we kind of do that intentionally because we really like that time together in the car where we can just kind of go where the conversation takes us. Usually Tim's driving, we're talking, I'm taking notes, writing things down as we're kind of brainstorming. And then I'll kind of try to compile it into something that makes some type of business sense, but it's just a really good way for us to talk about where do we want to be in two years and five years and how do we want to get there and just have that time where we aren't consumed by being here in the building to kind of think about bigger picture things. So that was, that was a tough one for me to adjust to because we first started off, I had to go for the business. She had to go (laughs) for the business. And they were not the same. They were not the same. And of course, you know, she'd make a plan to do something. I said, well, that that didn't fit where I want to go. And then, Anyway, so that first year was pretty rocky. Then we got kind of hammered out what we kind of on the same page or 
And that yes. was very helpful. But it, that is so important that you be know from the beginning where you want to go, what's your what's your goal, what's your vision for the business, you know? So it's just the if you don't have that, it's going to be bumpy ride. Yeah. And then about once a year, we re- sit down and we revisit our written our goals and our mission statement. We change, we update, and then all that is communicated to our staff through our staff meetings and our orientation. But starting off by both of us being on the same page is definitely super important. And it was very helpful to come to your your meeting. Got the name of it. I'm sorry. The retreat. Retreat. Because <laughs> that that was also a time we sat down and we got to you know do and you had some exercises that we did as a group that helped us. And the, probably one of the most beneficial things we both took away from that was how many hours we want to work a week. Yes. We talked about that, but put it down on pencil and paper and then show it. And then we did it separately, but we came up with about the same amount of hours. So that was that was unique there. But that was very helpful, that, that exercise you had us do at your retreat. Yeah, that was. I think that was kind of a watershed moment for us to really come in alignment in a lot of ways mm-hmm. on what we wanted our day-to-day, week-to-week uh, life to look like. Because as you know, being a business owner, you can work every day. I mean, you got you to gotta tell yourself that, you know, it's okay to take a day off. And that's yeah. one of the big things we learned from that, or I did. So it's very, very helpful exercise. Well, thank you. And absolutely. I think so many shopkeepers will do that. We'll let our businesses creep into all parts of our days and all parts of our life because we want our businesses to be successful. And sometimes we think if we just fill our full days with just work, 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 that's going to create success, but that's not necessarily true. I also want to give you both credit because Danny was the first one to reach out or one of the first to reach out to me to tell me that you both use the business health checklist and the worksheets and that you review those twice. I think you sit down together and do that twice a year. And that's incredible. And I think what's coming out of this is people don't realize or maybe partnerships, whether it's husband, wives, business partners, it's work. It really is work. And you two are a testament to doing the work. And I think that's why you're so successful is you don't shy away from conversations and you don't shy away from doing the work. So what's tip number three for everyone? So uh, number three, we've already alluded to this. It's stay in your strengths, stay in your lane, or what I like to call it, mind your own beeswax. Like I say that to Tim, like mind your own beeswax. (laughs) Um, So it's it can be a little challenging for us sometimes to remind each other like this is my area this is your area he's really good at sales he's really good at handling sticky situations like unhappy vendors or unhappy customers that stuff is a little um harder for me i i carry that emotion a little bit more not a little bit a lot more than he does he's really good at separating that emotion out from the business whereas i tend to to carry it for longer He's great at taking care of renting booths and sale, all of the sales stuff in the day-to-day, as he said at, at the beginning. So we've learned that, you know, really that is kind of his area of strength where he shines. And then my skills really lie more in market, marketing operations um, and some of the more creative parts of retail, like what are we going to order? How are we going to merchandise? Social media, things like that. That, that is not my strength. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure you probably things that works though. We're kind of unique though, because 8,000 of that 35,000, whatever is called her individual store. So it's kind of in the front room, kind of boxed off. So, I mean, I want to walk through there and tell her people what to do, or he should be doing that. Should be doing this. And that she said, Hey, mind your own beeswax. So yeah, let them go. So that was, that was a hard thing for me to learn. Cause I see something like, Hey, they should be doing it this way. Well, I don't know. They've already talked about it. They got a plan what they're going to do for the day. And I try to step in there and, you know, 
throw up the rock in the wheels and make it worse. So it took me a while to figure that one out, but I, I learned. <laughs> now now it's just a look. <laughs> the look. I love it. The, the look. look. No, it makes sense. And I'm sure on occasion you probably both still, you know, bounce ideas off of each other, even if that is your strength, you still might at some point ask for his opinion or her opinion and see what you come up with because sometimes we don't always think of it, but that makes sense. All right. What's tip number four? Tip number four is agree on big decisions. And that includes even what we consider a big decision. So if there's a decision and we don't agree, then we have set a rule ahead of time that if we don't agree, then we don't do it. So if there's something that we have to, that is, um, you know, take action on something, if we're not both in agreement, then what the phrase we use is the no wins, because you don't want, if you're not both on in, in agreement, then even if it turns out, well, it's just not going to be a good experience. So for just as an example, we recently hired a manager, which is really big step for us. That's a big financial commitment. It's a salaried position. And one of the conversations we had was when we started was this process and we agreed that we were going to do it was we are not going to hire somebody unless we are both 100% in agreement that this is the right person. In the past, we've hired people that one of us was like, yes, I think that this is going to work out. And the other one was like, "Mm, I'm not so sure. And, you know, that's one thing if you're talking about, you know, a part-time hourly person who maybe with some training can, can um, work out, but, you know, a salaried managerial position that that was a lot different. And so it was really important that we both be in agreement and be in agreement before the process started, that that was, we were going to stick to that. Well, another thing I'll say is when your husband and wife, you know, you want to please your spouse, you want to make them happy. So if they suggest them, well, okay, you kind of agree with something you you really don't want to agree with. So we had to really draw the line. Well, this is a business decision that we need to both agree on versus just a, you know, personal, well, I want to make her happy. So I'm going to say, yes, even though I really don't want to do it. So yes. you have to really be distinctive on this is a business decision. So that really helped a lot when we got that clarified, right? Let's say I got that clarified. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was you. I think that was no. more me. That was more me. <laughs> and we, and we both made boo-boos along the way where we, you know, we'll do something like she said about hiring part-time staff. I, you know, we've been kind of on the bubble with somebody. Well, I think we should. And, that didn't work out. And if she thinks we should, and it didn't work out. So we do make, you know, some boo-boos along the way, but I mean, say on the big decisions, you know, we, we decided we got to all be on the same page. And then we have, we also have discussions about what do we consider a decision that we need to be in agreement on, right? So what is something that we have to talk about and be in agreement on before we do it, as opposed to something that we can do autonomously without checking in, since we are operating in separate checking in with him on, you know, where are we going to put this display? Like that, that is something that I can make a decision on my own, or he's not going to check in with me on every single person who comes in to rent a booth. Um, but, you know, if something is, for example, we, we've kind of have a dollar limit. If this, if a decision hits a certain dollar amount, we need to be in agreement before we do it. An example of how we talk about what are the things that we need to discuss beforehand? And then what are the things that we could just do on our own? Like me buying tools. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think you guys made lots of good 
points there. And the one thing that I want to say is when you agree on those decisions, especially the big decisions, it's going to spare you a lot of resentment and a lot of, I told you so's, right? Like yes. you don't, no one has to say, I told you that would happen. So I think that's, that's a great tip. Okay. Let's move on to number five. What do you have for number five? Uh, number five is spend time together away from the business to work on the business. That's really important to us because like you're in the business, it's a day-to-day, you get interrupted so much or something comes up or a customer comes in or you got an employee issue or in my case, a vendor comes in with a problem, whatever. So you really can't step away when you're in the business to talk about the business. So we, we make designated times to get away and you know, just talk about the business. I think it's great. Obviously, we've talked about the retreat. What else do you do to get away? Is it even just like a local coffee shop or anything like that? Or what else do you do to get away to talk about the business? So one of the things that we do is about every once about every quarter or so, we try to get away for about two or three days. And it, it could just be we just go to like an Airbnb, you know, an hour away. It's not like necessarily a big trip. And we really make a point of getting out of the store for lunch at least a couple of times a week. So we don't necessarily do it every day, but definitely at least two or three times a week, we leave the store and we go and have lunch. And sometimes those lunches can turn into an hour and a half or two hour lunch, but it's just a good way for us to, again, get our head out of the day to day. Sometimes you need to just get away and not talk about the business and just just be, you know, husband and wife and just, you know, it's so hard when you have a business together, you talk about it all the time. So you have to get away and just not talk about it for some, some days. Yeah. So a little bit of both get away to talk about it, to separate yourselves from that space and get away not to talk about it both yeah, for sure. Number six, I think is really important. Can you share what that is? Yeah. Number six is disagree in, in private. So because we are so comfortable with each other, we've been married for 17 years. It's easy for us to maybe sometimes say things to one another that we would not say to another business colleague in another setting. But we've learned that this not only is not great for our marriage, but it can make other people around us feel uncomfortable because nobody wants to be around a married couple who's in conflict that feels super (laughs) uncomfortable for everybody in the room. So we really work hard to not disagree with each other in front of our team, in front of customers, in front of vendors, and have those conversations privately. And that's, that's been, that was one that we learned, I would say around year two was, you know, that those things need to really be handled privately. Well, and they're always listening too. your staff's always watching you and trying to quote, get your mood and see how, what kind of mood is Tim in today? And I'm very direct and I give people things to do. And she says that comes across sometimes <laughs> a little harsh. I don't mean it that way. It's just that, hey, there's a task. Go get it done. So uh, I call it being in work mode. But uh, sometimes I had to tone that down a little bit when I talked to the staff. Yeah, so many lessons learned, right? Disagreeing in private is there's grace to that. It's classy. It's respecting each other and not just respecting each other, which obviously is really important because we're here to talk about partners and spouses. But I think what's even more important or equally important is that you're respecting the other people that are around you. That's like the one thing you said, Danny, that I think is so important. It's not you just the two of you having a conversation with yourself. There's someone else there and it's respecting that conversation and that person that's part of it too. And I think that's so important. All right. I think we're on to the last tip. What's number seven? 
So I actually think that this is probably after the communication one, I think this is one of the most important ones. And that is never forget that your spouse is first and business partner second. So at the end of the day, our marriage and our relationship is more important than any business. And I've heard people say that, you know, when you work with your spouse, when you come to work, you take off your spouse, your spouse hat, you put on your coworker hat. And I, I get the analogy and I, I agree to it up to a, a point, but the truth is we don't stop being husband and wife because we walk through the front doors of our store. I mean, we're still married. Yes, working on a business together, but we're still married. So this means that when we are, it kind of goes back to number six about disagreeing in private. When we are having business conflict, it's important that we still remember that we're spouses. So it's, it's not, you can't totally take the heart out of it because ultimately it's, it is a marriage that is, you know, built on love. This is not a, a relationship that started off as a business and then, you know, moved into a marital relationship. It's, it's a marriage first. And then the business partnership comes second. And we believe that we're really, we're obligated to each other as spouses to hear when our behavior at work is damaging the relationship mm. and to be cognizant of, of those, of, of how we treat each other at work and that we can't just say, well, that was at work and now we're at home. And so, you know, all that stuff at work, just leave it work. That, that it, it, carries work. Over. it does not work. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just go home and like, okay, now I can just forget the fact that you hurt my feelings. Well, today. Now, like, I can do that. I can't do it. I, I, put, I put it in the box and put it up on the shelf. I'm done with it. So not, <laughs> that sounds like another, so that sounds like another lesson learned between the two of you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I agree. Like you just can't turn marriage on and off. Marriage is 24 seven, but I do appreciate what Tim said earlier that when you do make decisions, whether it's like a medium-sized decision or a big decision, you can take the emotion out of it. So maybe when it comes to decision-making, that that could be easier because you take the emotion out of it, but you just can't turn on and off the, you know, the marriage part of it. That's all that exists all the time. It, it's, it's not something that I, I, I'm sure there are people out there who can do it. It is not something that I can do. And so it was really helpful for me to, to not, to think of it as ultimately at the end of the day, my marriage comes first before anything that happens in the business. And that was just very clarifying for me. Um, to realize. And, and we know that every marriage is different. Every business partnership is different. Um, so this is just what we have learned that works for us. And, um, you know, always looking, we'd always love to hear what works for other people. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's, it was, it was, no, we're, it's, it was a process for sure. It didn't happen easily. So it's, it's a process and we we're in a good place. And I think another thing that both of you do really well is you've identified through all of these years, different personality types. Tim's not like Danny. Danny's not like Tim. And how do you build a business and build your strengths and focus on your zones of genius, but taking the personalities into account? That's really important too. Not everyone is built the same way. Right. For sure. So I can't thank you both enough for doing this. You're the first group members to fill out the application, to be on here and share your wisdom. And that was the one thing that I really wanted to convey with these guest shopkeeper episodes is 
I have a lot to share and I have a hundred or more ideas for podcast episodes, but I think it's really nice when you can hear other people share their wisdom too. So I really appreciate you both for so many reasons, for stepping up, for showing up, for participating in the group, for attending the retreat, for always being so grateful, for acknowledging when something I offer helps you both. I just, I appreciate you both tremendously. I'm so glad you're part of the community. And why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, websites or where you prefer for people to follow you on social media? Sure. So we, the name of our vintage market is the Cotton Shed Vintage Market. And we are at, we are at thecottonshedmarket.com and Cotton Shed Vintage Market on Instagram and Facebook. And then our decor and gift boutique is High Cotton Decor. And that is highcottondecor.com and High Cotton Decor LR for Little Rock on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.